It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Another late game loss for the Orlando Magic. Why? It's really about accountability to the Magic's identity. Plus, let's take a step back. Let's take some perspective on the team's growth and where they still have to go. It's Paolo's final statement probably for the All-Star game. He made a good one. We'll get to all of it on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are Magic. Today is January 30th, 2024. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Lockdown Magic, another late game loss. We will go over all the late game happenings and why it was, again, not about what happened at the end of the game, but what happened leading up to it. Why the Magic have to get back to their identity or be, hold themselves accountable to their identity as part of their next area of growth. We'll also chat about Paolo Bancaro's final statement to the coaches before All-Star Reserve voting is officially due. I think it's due Tuesday. I may be wrong on that. I don't know. But today was probably this game was probably his last statement. We'll get to that. Plus, some perspective and growth from this Magic team. We'll take a step back from everything coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet, if your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. If you've listened to this show, you've probably heard me say, at least we're going to go over two of my favorite cliches or two cliches that I love to say. Um, apologies to Jason Beatty. Apologies to our friend Evan Dunlap, who both says, said, I think I know what you're going to say on the show tonight. Um, I got my two. These are my go-tos. I'm sorry. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. And of course, uh, and of course, the other big one, the NBA regular season is about what you can do on your worst night. It's about what you can rely on every single night. And I think as much as we want to talk and we will talk about how this game ended, I think the bigger takeaway and the bigger point from Monday's 131-129 loss to the Dallas Mavericks is about that latter point. It's about that idea of what, as a team, can you rely on when everything else isn't working? 
And I think, honestly, that's what this young Magic team is trying to learn. You know, I, I, I make that statement that, you know, good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. The Magic aren't a good team. They're a 500 team. And their success or failure this year is going to come down to these close losses. In the Magic's last three road games, they have lost on the final possession. That's not solace. That's not a moral victory. That's just a fact. The Magic are a DeJounte Murray miss, a Joe Ingles wide open three, and a Franz Wagner three-pointer from being 3-0 instead of 0-3. Flip one of those games, and suddenly the Magic are ahead of Miami for seventh. They're still hanging around that race for sixth. This is the reality of the NBA. This is the reality of the league. These close games matter. And look, there, there's a lot to say about the way this game went. You know, we'll get to some of the, the details getting to the fourth quarter here in a minute, but the Magic fought their way back from a seven-point deficit to start the quarter. They took a very brief lead. They were up one with two minutes to play when craziness ensued. The Magic had no answer for Luka Doncic once Jonathan Isaac was out of the game. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm not going to ignore that part of, of this equation. We're going to get to that. Um, they, they had no answer for Luka Doncic once Isaac was out of the game. They were sending doubles and traps to him at, at, at every turn. And that left a lot of open space in the paint. Space that the Magic struggled to defend. And so on the critical play of the game, Cole Anthony did his job as the low man, slid over. He's way too small to guard Derek Lively. He slapped down to try and get the ball, committed a foul. It was a foul. And then because the refs didn't blow the whistle quick enough or let the play play on, Wendell Carter going for the loose ball accidentally smacked Derek Lively in the face. They went to the monitor. They reviewed it. They awarded the foul to Cole Anthony. They assigned a flagrant foul to Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter fouls out of the game. Dallas gets four gets four free throws to make three. They make two. Uh, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. gets, uh, I believe, uh, another uh, uh, an and one free throw. And it becomes a five-point possession. The Magic go from up one to down four in one possession. And yet still the Magic had their chance to win. Trapping Tim Hardaway Jr. to down three, trapping Tim Hardaway Jr. to force a tur- force a travel. Paolo Bancaro gets to the basket. Uh, maybe was fouled, maybe wasn't. Um, we'll check the last two-minute report tomorrow. I, I imagine it is, you know, it, I imagine it's not going to be super clean. There's going to be a lot to say on that last two-minute report uh, tomorrow or today, I guess. Um, but the Magic fought hard. Bancaro got to a situation where he had to make a free throw, miss a free throw, and get the rebound. He did his job. He did his part. He, he threw the ball off the front of the rim. It bounced right back to him. He couldn't catch it because it came off so hard. A couple, maybe a half second ticks off before Franz Wagner can gather it. He takes a long three, misses, that's your ball. But that's not where the team lost this game. And that part has to be clear. The Magic lost this game because they built a 16-point halftime lead and gave it all away in the third quarter. A 12-point third quarter when the offense looked completely stagnant. Look, the Magic had an incredible first half offensively. They made sure they made three-pointers. It was very weird to see. 
uh, and they they scored a season high points against uh, the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Gave up a season high points in the first first half. The Magic's offense did its job for the first half, but we all know that's not going to last. That's not who this team is. So why did the Magic lose this game? Or why did Dallas get back in the game? It's because the Magic couldn't defend anybody after the first quarter. Not even after the first quarter. After the first quarter, essentially. Dallas got to the foul line. And you can argue about the free throws. And and I will listen to some of those arguments. 32 of 43. 32 of those 43 coming from Luka Doncic and Tim Hardaway Jr. Doncic hit 21 on his own. They're 32 of 43 from the foul line. Magic were 21 of 28. It wasn't like Orlando wasn't getting to the line either, by the way. And Paolo was 6 for 11 in a two-point game. Those five free throw misses feel awfully big. But it wasn't like the Magic weren't getting to the line either. But Orlando was unable to defend all game long. Dallas shot 62.3% for the game. Again, they outscore Orlando 35-12 to in the third quarter. Orlando had two 40-point quarters in this game. They outscored Dallas 42-35 to in the second, and that's the operative word because the Magic should have been up by more than 16 at the half. They should have been dominating this game. And instead, the door was open for when the Magic would eventually crash back down to earth. At the end of the day, this is what it's about. And this is, I think, the thing this team is still trying to learn. They say it. The stats suggest it. But they got to be about it more consistently. And maybe this is one game. Maybe we give them a little bit of a pass. But the Magic have to be about their identity. They won Sunday night because their defense was shut down. They shut down the Phoenix Suns. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. They are a top five off, a top five defense in the league. And I know we need them to score a few more points, and they did that tonight. But they've got to be about their defense when everything else is going wrong. That has to be constant. They could play three bad defensive quarters, but when the chips are down, they got to be able to get stops. And, you know, Orlando, I don't want to be alarmist. They did do some of that tonight. Like they, they, I want to give this team all the credit in the world because the same thing happened against Dallas in November. They blew a big lead. They had a great first half. They blew a big lead. They couldn't make shots in the, in the second half. And they, I don't want to say folded because they got back into it late, but they were, they were out of that game quick. In that second half. Monday night, they fought back. And and they deserve some credit for that. We're going to talk about perspective and growth here in a minute. Um, They deserve that credit, but we are in a results business. And quite frankly, the defense the Magic played was not acceptable. They were constantly a step behind. They were were soft fouls. Um, You know, I think a lot of fans complained about the fouling and look, Dallas might get a few more calls because Luke is very good at manipulating defenses. Um, that is a skill that he has, you know, whether you like it or not, he has that skill, but the magic were late. They, every they had 33 fouls in the game. I would venture to guess 30 of those 33 were legitimate fouls that you cannot argue. I'm sorry. Um, it, they did not play good defense. 
And on the second night of back-to-backs, they generally don't. In fact, the Magic entering the game are giving up 117 points per 100 possessions on the second night of back-to-backs. They average 111. Nearly, It's nearly six. It isn't a full six points, but it is nearly six points per 100 possessions worse on the second night of back-to-backs. And frankly, that tells me a lot. Magic gave up 132 points per 100 possessions, by the way, in this game. That tells me a lot. Because it tells me that when the chips are down, when this team is tired, when they know they don't have 100%, defense is not their identity. That's not the thing that they rely on or they can rely on. It's certainly not their offense. And this is, I think, where the Magic have to get to. They've got to hold themselves accountable to a higher standard defensively. If they want to be successful, if they want to grow into the team they want to be, they competed. Effort's not necessarily the issue here. It's precision. It's understanding the game plan. It's executing the game plan. It's fighting through that fatigue of a back-to-back. There are no back-to-backs in the playoffs, thank God. But it's fighting through that fatigue and finding a way to execute. Finding a way to scratch out that one stop you need. And far too often at the end of this game, the Magic couldn't find that stop. And that's why they're taking home another really difficult close game loss at a time when they really can't afford it. We're going to go through the box score, talk about Jonathan Isaac's cameo, as well as the final all-star statement for Paolo Bancaro. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Quiz. This episode of Locked on Magic is brought to you by this new app called Quiz. Today, we're going to have some fun and we're going to test your Orlando Magic knowledge uh, with a fun little trivia question. Here it is. What is the name of the Orlando Magic mascot? Is it the Magician? Is it Magic Man? Is it Orbit? Is it Stuff? If you go to Magic Games, you obviously are going to know the answer to this question uh, because we all love our Orlando Magic mascot. And I can guarantee there are more challenging questions available. With Quiz, there with three eyes. Quiz is the next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked On Magic fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. Play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz, that's quiz with three eyes, .com, and start playing today. NBA Quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. I know I love these trivia games. I play my my team on 2K just to get the history lesson and and learn about players that I wouldn't otherwise know about. This is the go-to for you. So if you... Didn't guess the the answer to my question, and and maybe I can help quiz with better magic trivia questions here uh, because I burned the good one yesterday. Uh, And yesterday's ad read, the answer to the magic to the trivia question of who is the Orlando Magic mascot is, of course, the best mascot in the NBA stuff. Go to app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash day. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three pointer. 
Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. That's app.quiz.com where fans become champions. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. We're going to talk about a little bit of perspective and try and take a step back from the chaos of the season, which I do think is important. But let's talk and go through the box score of this game as the Orlando Magic fall to the Dallas Mavericks 131 to 129. Uh, I want to address the elephant in the room right off the bat here. And by right off the bat, I mean 16 minutes into the show. Um, Jonathan Isaac got his first start since January 1st, 2020. And I think we all know what happened that day. Um, and he made a, a humongous impact in this game. Yes, he only had two points on the first uh, play of the game. Didn't really accumulate any other stats, but he was plus 15 in this game. He was truly, truly just the safety blanket for the Orlando Magic. And, you know, Luka Doncic had a really nice game. 45 points, 12 for 23 shooting, 18 for 21 from the foul line, nine rebounds, 15 assists, did have four turnovers. It was only plus three. Um, so yes, Luca was very, very good. Um, but when Jonathan Isaac was guarding him, Luca wanted nothing to do with him. Jonathan Isaac looked like a defensive ace in this game. And it looked like, okay, you know, when he was in and, and, and he started the game, it was like, oh, we are in for a doozy. The Magic are finally playing their version of the death lineup. Suggs, Wagner, Bancaro, Carter, Isaac. Um, they're finally playing that death lineup in a, in a real meaningful way. This is going to be a doozy. And then the Magic only played Jonathan Isaac for eight minutes. Um, Dante Marcatelli said on the Valley Sports Florida broadcast that that was the plan all along. That, you know, he's playing limited minutes. We all kind of understood that. He hasn't played very many back-to-backs this year. Um, this is his first back-to-back since uh, mid-December, I want to say. Um, we know that he's going through the injury management as he as he deals with the hamstring issues and, and everything else. That's all well and good. And honestly, like I don't mind a minute restriction on that. I get it. He hasn't played very much. I understand it. But to play him only eight minutes and not a single minute in the third quarter, right, and a single minute in the second half, personally, that's that's ha- trying to have your cake and eat it too. Um, now, granted, I, I want to give this benefit of the doubt. You know, Jamal Mosley seemed to suggest in, in the post game that it was not a predetermined plan that he wouldn't play in the second half. It was a conversation with how he feels. Um, and so, you know, the Magic, I think, were willing to push him a little bit. And they've said, we're going to push him a little bit more physically. They pushed him. Maybe he didn't feel great. Maybe that shut him down. 
the Magic never officially ruled him out for the game, which they usually do in these situations. Um, it, it it's all very very weird, uh, you know. And again, I I don't like this decision. Either you're playing or you're not, and you can have a minute restriction. That's fine, but unless something happened coming into the game and only playing him for a, a, a half and really not even that much in that half. I, I honestly, I, I think you're hurting your team more than you're helping. Um, I, I think doing that and, and being out of rhythm and, and, and changing guys roles. Honestly, I think part of the reason the magic struggled so much in the third quarter was they were playing an entirely new rotation. And and they started off the game a little bit slow. Like, you could see the potential of what they were doing and everything. Um, they started the game off a little bit slow um, as they were getting all getting on the same page and learning how to play together. Um, and then you had to do that all over again in the second half. And look, Anthony Black had a very, very nice game. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Anthony Black is not Jonathan Isaac. And the Magic's defense was really poor, you know, Magic gave up 117 points per 100 possessions in the first half, too. They were not good defensively in the first half. It, it they, they needed defense. And look, Anthony Black is the answer if you need defense. Um, but this was, this, uh, this was, you know, I don't want to say a questionable decision because I don't have all the information. And, you know, maybe Isaac told the trainers, like, hey, my knee is bothering me a little bit or I'm feeling a little sore. And the Magic, you know, did the right thing by him and said, okay, we're going to shut you down tonight, rest up, get you ready for Wednesday against San Antonio. I, I don't think it's anything long-term. Again, we'll see the injury report tomorrow, I guess, but I don't think it's anything long-term or I don't think there was a moment where he got hurt, um, but it it doesn't smell right. And, 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 and I think as fans, I think as observers, it, it's frustrating because we can see how good Jonathan Isaac is. And the players, I think, are all supportive of him. I, you know, I think they understand. They've got, and they got to be better. They got to adjust. You know, it's not an excuse, but um, Isaac's really good. Isaac is a really impactful player. And the Magic have to find ways to get him on the floor and, and make the most of that impact like they did Sunday night, like they did Friday night, and like they did for however long they did on Monday night. I think the big stat line of the game for the Orlando Magic, though, um, there's two, there's three, four, maybe worth worth mentioning, but let's 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 get to the big one. Uh, All star reserve voting is going to be announced on Thursday. I don't know when those votes are due to the league office. It might be Tuesday. It might be Wednesday. But this very well could be Paolo Bancaro's last statement to the Eastern Conference coaches that he is an All Star now. Personally, I do think the margins are really narrow. I do think that. Um, it is, I think Paolo has a 75% chance of making the all-star team. I, I'm not so worried about it, but one final strong statement, it goes a long way. This was a pretty good statement. 36 points, 13 for 25 shooting, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals for Paolo Bancaro. He's plus three in the game, by the way. Um, he played six for 11 from foul lines, really the only thing I can complain about. He was struggling to kind of carry the team, and I think that's an area where he's still learning, but he can do it. And he took over the game a little bit in the fourth quarter, made sure the Magic didn't get too far behind, got them back in the game, was making all the big plays and all the big decisions. Dallas was sending double teams his way the entire time. He had to learn where those doubles were coming from. Paolo Bancaro put on a strong closing argument for why he should be an all-star. 
Um, if this is indeed the last game before votes are due, this is a very good final impression. Um, he played outstanding. I think he had 22 of his 36 in the first court, first half. He did a very good job setting the tone and trying to give this team some energy. Again, third quarter, I think he's got to be a little bit better. Um, you know, third quarter, he was 0 for 4. Um, minus, you know, in a game where he was plus three, he was minus 18 in the third quarter. That that kind of that's kind of silly um in, in a lot of ways. Um, but that tells you how big of an impact he has on the game. And look, I think generally one of the big issues the magic have is learning how to keep their intensity and their focus and their attention to detail for a full 48 minutes. Uh, you know, I think they're they're obviously better at it than they've been in previous years, but this is still the big struggle, I think, for them. And again, Paolo made a really strong closing statement. Um, we got to give Franz Wagner some love. 21 points, 8 for 16, 3 for 6 from deep, 6 assists for him. Really nice game. He ended up getting a lot of the minutes on Luka Doncic. He struggled with foul trouble because of that. Um, but I thought he did a good job putting size on Luka and making him work. Um, again, just there are a lot of cheap fouls in this game, and that's all on the magic. Um, you know, they were very jumpy dealing with, with Luka. But, um, you know, again, I, I thought that the effort was there. And again, Luka's just Luka. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about, Anthony Black, 20 points, 7 for 9 shooting, 4 for 4 from deep, 2 for 2 from the foul line, had 16 points in the um, in the first half. Really great homecoming for Anthony Black. He played really, really well. He's, get, he's getting a lot more aggressive, a lot more comfortable offensively. He's still making some rookie mistakes. We don't want don't, don't to ignore that completely, but I really love the way that he played, and I really love the, the effort that he brought. The other guy I mentioned, Cole Anthony, 11 points, 7 for 7 from the foul line, 9 assists. If you're wondering why Cole Anthony ended up closing the game over an Anthony Black or over a Jalen Suggs, uh, it's because of that playmaking. The Magic needed to get the ball moving. They needed to get to have someone who could attack and dish out. And Cole made some mistakes. I don't think it was ultimately the right decision uh, with how well Anthony Black was playing, how well Jalen Suggs was playing, um, and Cole Anthony's defensive shortcomings, which which did come in a, become a factor in this game. Um, again, not because of effort or anything, just he's, he's small. Um, but I, I really, I really, I understood why Mosley stuck with Cole and Cole did some really good things. Again, he's got to score a little bit more. Two for four is a good start. 11 points is fine for him. Um, this was not a game to be critical of Cole Anthony. He, he did his job. The Magic wasted a really strong offensive game. And that's honestly the most disappointing part for 51.1% from floor. 18 for 38 from beyond the arc, 21 of 28 from the foul line. Those are numbers that usually lead to a win. Orlando ends up scoring uh, 44 points in the paint. That's low for them. Dallas gets 48. So that, you know, that's a big area where they lost this game. And again, the foul line, Dallas gets the line 43 times. They make 32. As much as I think everyone wants to be critical of the officiating, the Magic fouled them. Like, and these were not hard fouls. These were soft reach fouls. These were lazy, tired fouls. If this game isn't on a back-to-back, I think the Magic do end up winning um, just because the defensive effort looked like a team that was tired and, and just not able to react on instinct as quickly as they need to. But that's that's something this team's got to learn. Like, I'm sorry, they're 2-8 and eight now in the second night of back-to-backs, just better than the 1-12 and 12 they were last year. But they've got to learn to be better in these situations. We, we cannot use back-to-backs as an excuse. You know, the next one's coming up. Uh, oh, in a couple weeks, um, you know, the Oklahoma City, New York back-to-back leading into the All-Star break. That is a home-home back-to-back. But we saw last last week, too, on a Sunday-Monday back-to-back, Magic played great defensively Sunday against Miami, had no had nothing in the tank defensively against Cleveland. Um, that's that, that that's twice in a row that's happened. 
just cannot happen. Um, and so again, a lot of this is on the magic to be a whole lot better. We're gonna take, we're gonna come back, we're gonna take a step back and talk a little bit about perspective and, and some of the long and short-term goals that the magic are trying to achieve. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp. Look, everybody says new year, new me. But um, trying to transform or change yourself in a sing- as a New Year's resolution, that's not actually quite healthy. You know, we get obsessed with changing ourselves with the calendar year. And honestly, it's time to celebrate you. And it's time to celebrate what makes you good and the good things in your life. We all have problems. We all want to talk about them. We all want to resolve them. But sometimes we just need someone to remind us, you're doing okay. Guess what? You're doing okay. But if you need a little bit more help than me giving that positive affirmation, therapy is a great place to not only tackle the problems in your life, but get a new positive perspective on things too. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try today. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. Today's episode of Lockdown Magic is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. It is time for the big game, and I'm not talking about the Pro Bowl here in Orlando. It's time for the big one between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, and the best place to celebrate and get in on the action is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Big Game Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the big game, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the N. FL. So, you know, we're obviously seeing a bit of a down down point right now. Um, you know, we're, we're inching closer to the trade deadline, four games to go till the trade deadline. Um, we all understand that, that there are a lot of things to fix on this team. And I'm not here to ignore those. I'm not here to sidestep those. We'll talk some trade deadline tomorrow. Our trade deadline tour picks up again tomorrow um, on, on tomorrow's episode. So you have that to look forward to. Um, I do feel like, though, it is important to take a step back. Because rightly, I'm not going to sit here and deny this. Rightly, we are very obsessed with results right now. Um, and we're very obsessed. I'm standings watch, watching every game. Miami lost to Phoenix. Phoenix helped us out tonight. We did not take advantage of it, but Phoenix helped the Magic out tonight. Uh, and we'll, you know, so the Magic and the Heat remain tied for seventh, and that's going to be a battle in next Tuesday's game down at Kaseya Center 
is going to be very, 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 very big. Um, but the Magic are losing ground on Indiana. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people watching this Heat team say, this Heat team ain't it. Uh, they don't have whatever juju they've had in the past. Meanwhile, the Magic are a team that a lot of people discuss as one on the rise. And I think even though we're going through a really difficult stretch right now, and, and I don't think we should ignore that. I don't think we should ignore the problems that this Magic team has had uh, and their inability to consistently string together wins really now for almost two months, month and a half at the very least. Um, we shouldn't ignore those problems. Um, but we need to take a step back and look at the big picture. We need to take a step back and think, where were we at the beginning of the season to where we are now? And, you know, maybe the All-Star break is a better time to do that. Maybe the full breadth of the season is a better time to do that. And again, I'm, uh, we're going to get to the end of the season. We are not going to forget this stretch of games um, as we analyze how does this team get better? How does this team take those next steps? But in a lot of ways, the Magic are still a developmental outfit. And, and I think that does need to be stressed. The way Jamal Mosley talks about this team, the way he addresses issues with this team, it's still very much thinking about what's going to be best for the long-term growth of this team. In fact, you know, granted, the only uh, Magic Media member that, that that's following the team is the team media with Josh Cohen, as well as Kendra Douglas from Ballet, Ballet Sports Florida. And, and look, they do a great job with what they do, but they're not asking critical questions. And, and you know, it is what it is where the Sentinel's not traveling. I'm not able to, you know, I did my first road trip last week. I'm going down to Miami for that game at Kaseya Center next week. Um, you know, we... I don't have the ability to travel. If you want to, my Patreon page is there. Um, but, uh, but to that, to that, to that credit, you know, players, Anthony Black was asked about it. Paolo was asked about it. They all understand that each one of these losses and each one of these experiences is something they will learn from. And, and honestly, like, I think that is still the critical goal for this team. You know, I've said this about the trade deadline a bunch. The Magic are not here to save the season. Everything they do is still about how do we make this team better next year, the year after, three years from now. Two, three years down the road is, is kind of the sweet spot right now. How do we get this team from where they are now, which is a play-in team, to a playoff team, to a future contender? That's a conversation we're having. And it's a conversation we expected to have. And I think that's important to know too. But it's also important to remember that this is a team that is still growing and developing. The thing I talked about, about accountability to the team's identity. We have an identity. We could clearly see a way for this team to win. Like I read those stats off. The points in the paint were a problem. Dallas did the things actually that the Magic usually do to make up ground. The Mavericks played magic basketball in a lot of ways. They defended really well for a quarter. They won the paint. They got to the foul line. They, 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 you know, they didn't force a ton of turnovers, but you get the point. The Magic do have a formula to win. And now it's about refining and perfecting that formula. So much of what the Magic are doing this year is still about the team they're going to be rather than the team they are. 
they're getting quality three-point looks. And they obviously made the Monday, but they're getting quality three-point looks. Every time they have a bad three-point shooting night, I look at the numbers, I look at the breakdown uh, from NBA.com, and I'm like, they're getting the looks they want. Maybe they're not getting enough of them. Maybe they don't have the shooters to get to get them. Maybe defenses don't respect them enough, and that's why they're getting them. But if they make those shots like they did Monday, this is a really dangerous team. And so this team has put themselves in a spot to have these conversations. And it's, an ex- it's exactly what we wanted back in October. If you would have told us in October that the Magic would never be below 500, but still be a game above or two games above 500 at this point of the season, at the All-Star break, we would have taken it and been excited. And I think that's important to remember. I think it's equally as important to be disappointed and to be frustrated that they aren't doing more because they've proven to us they can do more. They've proven to us they can be a whole lot better. I'm disappointed in this loss to Dallas because they showed me in the first half they can be better. They showed me Sunday they can defend at a higher level. And yes, back-to-back and all that stuff, different team, but we know this is an elite defensive team. And when this team does not play elite defense, I am disappointed. Honestly, like, I'm more frustrated by this loss than I am the Memphis loss. The Memphis loss, the Magic didn't play great. I'm not going to sit here and say they did. They defended really well, and it came down to them making or missing shots, and they missed a lot of shots that night. With this team, I'm not happy about it, but I can live with it. Monday night, the Magic did not defend a lick. And that's not who this team is. It can't be who this team is. They can't be successful being that team. And so, we have to understand that part too. They've shown us they can be more. And right now, they're not playing that way. But they've come a long way to get to that frustration. That frustration, that pressure is a privilege that they have earned. The frustration you're feeling over Jamal Mosley and some of his decisions, that is progress in his development too. Because he's got to learn the right and wrong coaching decisions. He is, you know, I honestly like, I think he's made some bad rotation decisions. I, I, you could argue some tonight uh, tonight as well. But I think he has grown a lot this year too. And the playoffs are going to be just as important for him and his development as a head coach as it is for the players. This season is still about that growth. It is about getting to these conversations. And in some respects, it may not be time to make conclusions. There are conclusions to make. There are additions that need to be made to the roster. There are things this team has to be proactive about. I'm not sitting here saying be satisfied with where this team is at. Be greedy. Expect more. But understand that failure is still a part of this process. And that this team has come a long way to get to this point where you demand a whole lot more from them. And it's all good. It's all part of what this team is building. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For least on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure also to check out this podcast on YouTube. Just search for Locked On Magic or go to youtube.com slash at Locked On Magic. Be sure also to check out my Patreon page for extra content as well. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. And as always, thank you for the support. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.